Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Star Wars 7x7 episode 3196. The plan has been revealed. Plan 99 was the finale of season 2 of The Bad Batch. And oh man, was it a heartbreaker. We're going to break it down for you in today's episode. Punch it. Hey Rebel Razor, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. I wish I could say it was totally joyful, but man, that was a heartbreaking finale to The Bad Batch. Plan 99 debuted last week and we're going to dive right in. This is a full spoiler episode, of course, starting off with the makers of The Bad Batch doing the unthinkable. This is our first takeaway, the fact that they actually killed off tech and yes i'm 99 and 44 100 certain he's dead i mean the fall is crazy and then hemlock very cruelly showing up with tech's goggles yeah i suppose there's just the very slightest chance because you just want to maintain hope but I think probably the reason why that action sequence was just so incredible was because every single time we've watched The Bad Batch, they get into successively crazier and crazier situations, and part of the joy of watching the show is how are they going to get out of this? Well, this time they didn't get out of it all unscathed. Yeah, the unthinkable happened. I can't think of any other way to describe it. And now I'm thinking about all the time that they spent building up the Tech Omega relationship over the last few episodes, and it's making me think, oh, they were just setting us up for this all along. So that is heartbreak number one within this episode. Our second takeaway has to do with something that we discussed on a previous deep dive into the Bad Batch, which was whether Sid would betray the Bad Batch. And wouldn't you know it, she actually did. The excuse that she gives is that they put too much heat on her, but we don't really know that for sure. Like, we haven't been given any indication of what kind of heat she's had on her. And for that matter, the Bad Batch hasn't even been around for like four episodes. So this does seem like a bit of an excuse, more like she was upset about the fact that she wasn't earning any money from the Bad Batch anymore and needed to get some of that income back. Basically, you know, cut her losses for all intents and purposes. At least she had the decency to look ashamed when Hemlock made a show of giving her her money while she was right there with the Bad Batch and everything. I will say this came a little more directly than I thought it was going to do. I felt like Sid wouldn't go for a complete direct betrayal of the Bad Batch to the Empire because she wouldn't want the Empire's attention on her business. She talked in the beginning of the season about how if the Empire ever comes to Ord Mantell, then she's done and closing up shop, and that means that the Bad Batch is done too. But having it happen this cleanly definitely gives the Bad Batch reason to just be done with Sid for good. And for a third takeaway, if you thought... <laughs> 
<laughs> things were bad yet the worst case scenario happens which is well i guess the worst case scenario would be all of them dead or <laughs> all of them taken captive or something like that but no the worst case scenario for the purposes of this season is omega being captured by the empire and taken to mount tantus and the bad batch having no idea where Mount Tantus is, where the planet Wayland is, like nothing. They have no bead on her whatsoever. That doesn't necessarily mean things are utterly hopeless. For example, the fact that Echo had knowledge of Hemlock going to the meeting on Tarkin's planet, that is a sign that they can get information about Hemlock at the very least, even though he is a ghost otherwise, according to the rest of the Bad Batch, but they have ways of getting information about him, so there is a chance that they will be able to find her, and by extension Crosshair, presumably, in future seasons, but yeah, right now, this is just the worst case scenario, and you can see it in the faces of the Bad Batch. Like, this is absolutely the one thing that they didn't want to do, even though they just <laughs> flaunted <laughs> their luck over and over again. I mean, even in Tarkin's compound, sending Omega to be the one to put the homing beacon on Hemlock shuttle, I mean, having to maneuver around all those stormtroopers, they've been going into the teeth of this over and over again, and it's just, I guess, a matter of time before their luck ran out. For a fourth takeaway, I want to point out something that also kind of ties in to the previous episode as well. It doesn't necessarily matter whether it's clone troopers or stormtroopers. The leaders of the Empire still think so little of them that it's just absolutely abominable, right? Hemlock, in the previous episode, was talking about how the clone troopers are basically Imperial property. He sees them as objects, not as sentient beings. And then in this episode, when Tarkin orders a flight of V-Wings to go attack that rail car, somebody on the other end of the line says, hey, you know, our other troopers are out there, like they could get in the crossfire, and Tarkin says, do it anyway. It is a little hard not to <laughs> think of parallels to real life kind of stuff that we may be experiencing right now in, you know, corporate culture and whatnot. But yeah, the callousness of Imperial officers is rather remarkable and it doesn't matter that it's gone from clone troopers to stormtroopers. It is exactly the same thing. And when these folks show you who they are, like Maya Angelou says, believe them the first time. And for a fifth and final thing, we'll flag this one. I'm just kind of patting my myself on the back over because I've been talking about this for weeks from the moment that Emery spoke lines in the Bad Batch I was saying gosh like I thought I was going to see Michelle Ong's name attached to her in the credits because she sounds just like Omega and no it's Keisha Castle Hughes who we've talked about on the podcast before that she plays Queen Apiolana uh, pronunciation hopefully that's all right um, she's the queen who was at the funeral of Padme Amidala in Revenge of the Sith well she is doing the voice of Emery Carr and wouldn't you know it she reveals to Omega at the end that she and Omega are sisters, which is shocking on yet a different level. For one thing, we didn't necessarily know that anyone was created off of, for lack of a better term, the Omega template, if you will, but now we learned that that's the case, and now I'm starting to wonder a little bit about Dr. Scalder as well, who's voiced by Helen Sadler, so yeah, it doesn't sound like Omega necessarily, but doesn't necessarily have to. Certainly, the members of the Bad Batch have rather distinctive voices, even though they're based off of the same Django Fett template, and even, you know, the rest of the clone 
clones all have, you know, very subtle variations too, but they're more pronounced, obviously, with the members of the Bad Batch, and they seem to be more pronounced with... Uh, you know, if Dr. Sadler really is, then it would follow along with that idea as well. The other thing that it raises a question about is what is Emery's lifespan slash timetable? So we were given the idea that Omega is just developing like a regular human being in terms of, you know, longevity, no accelerated aging or anything like that. But if Emery is a, you know, sister to Omega, then she would, by extension, have to have been put through some sort of accelerated aging process. And that raises questions about how much access to the Kaminoan technology the Empire already has and what they've been able to do with it, and whether they are you know, using the inhibitor chips in people like Emery to make them compliant. How much of this stuff does Dr. Hemlock actually have worked out? This is one of the big questions, and... <laughs> On top of that, for a sixth takeaway, we have to talk about the fact that the reason why he has Omega, at least as far as he's telling Nala Say, is because he's trying to get her to do something related to the Emperor. And that, of course, is something Tarkin was asking about in the first half of this finale. But Omega doesn't seem to be crucial to these efforts, necessarily. They're not telling us that they need to experiment on her in order for Nala Say to get the results that the Emperor is looking for. They're just trying to use her as leverage so Nala Say will do what they want her to do. And for last takeaway, how touching is it that we have a reunion between Omega and Crosshair? I mean, quite honestly, if you were going to put one person in with Crosshair to bring out his humanity, on the one hand and on the other hand to have him consider her an ally and you know somebody who would actually be on his side who he could actually trust in matters of dealing with the empire and who's also you know rather resourceful in her own right i mean yeah you could not have picked a better pairing and it also works because tech departing the series in such a tragic way now omega needs to be you know connecting with somebody else in her own right and putting her in with crosshair yeah the potential for emotional development in series in season three excuse me between those two is pretty awesome and very smart on the behalf of those bad batch folks if only they hadn't gone with such a tragic route but hey it is a second season finale it's ending on you know what um, not exactly a cliffhanger per se but leaving a lot of things unanswered and a lot of possibilities to consider for season three that's what we're going to talk about actually when we go into to our deep dive on tomorrow's episode but yeah congratulations to all of the bad batch creators on a wild season two with an absolutely heartbreaking ending heartbreak after heartbreak it's just nuts that is our breakdown of plan 99 which is the final episode in season two of the bad batch and that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always and may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. By seven is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.